The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, friend. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Cumber Chronicles. Uh, Merry Happy Christmas to all who celebrate that and hopefully you have had a good, wonderful and peaceful Christmas. I am Again, if you celebrate, if not, hopefully it's a good day off for you. Uh, I am your host, Roddy Cat. You can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can also find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can also find me at CB Caps on Instagram. This is actually going to be the last one of those for the year. So that's, um, that's, that's, um, I'm actually appreciative of this for, for the moment, but we'll talk, we'll, talk about that later and that jaunty laugh that you just heard along with the sound effects is courtesy of one agent underscore 70 on twitter and instagram what's up everybody merry christmas and actually we are recording this on uh i don't know if it's happy boxing day or not but that's what it is well it is definitely happy uh quanta there you go and yes it is a boxing day i believe it is the 26th right no but i don't know how you say if it's happy boxing day or not if you just celebrate boxing day Day, yeah I think you're Alrighty. Get one of those in while we at it. Uh not with us tonight is one PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, uh popculturenet on Twitter, uh popculturenetwork.com and his umbrella site therein. <laughs> And the Osiris of this ish, Tim D O G G 98 on Twitter, CB Cron on Twitter, that is the Comic Book Chronicles uh, Twitter account, theclicknation.com uh, and theclicknation on Twitter, that's D K L I Q N E T I O N. And of course, Comic Book Resources, where he's over to write his face off. Go check him out, give him some clicks, all the love. Um, you can find this here program on. The Coast of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find this hit program on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka okay, Apple Podcast. Apple? What was that? Some kind of Australian thing was going on? What? Well, anyway, um, I won't do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Spotify and the Google, the Coast of the there, geez, I, one little thing, it just screws me up. Coast of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. It's the day after Christmas, folks. Give us all a break. <laughs> you know what? I can't barely use that excuse. If, if I'm sure if we go back, but yeah, I'll take it. Um, man, that was some good whiskey. I forgot to tell you, I had some good whiskey last night. Top notch stuff. Anyway, um, we are here tonight because it is Thursday and we do uh, record on Thursday nights, most Thursday nights, unless it's movie protocol night or just so happen to be a holiday. 9 30 p.m. on Google, on um, the uh, the Click Nation's uh, YouTube page, 
just to get that out of the way. And we're going to start with the comic books of the week, which are not that many. <laughs> right. There are very few comics this uh, out this week because of the Christmas holidays. So, yeah, I can't say less than a handful because there's actually more than less that. Than but, that. <laughs> but as far as the major ones, more than likely, the. Yeah, it's still not a big cropping. But yeah, we're going to start off this week with... I was about to say, just keep in mind, just for ladies and gentlemen out there who are uh, into the behind-the-scenes stuff, there are no active monthly uh, DC titles out this week. That is correct, yeah. And the only other DC title that was out was... yeah. None of us was reading it anyway. And I think it's digital first. Right. So, But if you like Rooster Teeth stuff, RWBY is out. So... You know, if you're reading that, go for it. Anywho, we are going to start though with Marvel Comics' incoming number one, which is basically incoming, which is basically a big promo for everything that is coming um, within the next week, year. So now right. we don't have to talk about that. Let's move on. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> There's a lot to digest in this. I mean, I, you know, one of the one one, one of the book's shortcomings, as as Roddy Cat mentioned, is that it really does play out much like um, an extended uh, an extended previews comic of uh, the major events that Marvel is looking to promote this year, uh, this upcoming year for 2020. Hmm. Um, it's under the guise of a coherent, somewhat cohesive uh, story that uh, starts out as a murder mystery. And while the, I guess the first third of the book, I guess you can sort of break it into thirds. The first yeah. third of the book is somewhat cohesive in that the characters that are highlighted are actually working this particular closed room murder scene. Actually, I would go so far as to say it's probably more than... I would say two thirds, maybe, because it's not until, or if you want to break it in half, like half the book is probably that. And then once it starts going into, well, you know, here's what's going on over here, it just so happened to, like, basically when they get to where to, to the the other Illuminati jumps in, mm-hmm. the not Illuminati jumps in, and it's like, well, we'll make a bunch of calls. After you get past that, that's when it starts to lose it. Right. Well, for me. No, I understand because what it is is they're basically checking in on all of the various corners of the Marvel universe at mm-hmm. that point, and then they wrap it up with, uh, they do a small wrap on the murder mystery, and then they also do, um, uh, uh something that is I think, going to make uh, fans of the Young Avengers happy, which is uh, re, uh, reintroduce this team of characters into the Marvel universe proper. After many years of not being around, I was going to say that about New Warriors, but yeah, you, you could, yeah, I, I would say, except for yes and no, because it's not like they have the whole. I see what you're saying. You're right, but mm-hmm. they don't. It's not like they have the whole team together, like right. basically, and and the couple of people that show up here have been pretty much around lately anyway, uh, in a, in a book. So it's not like you know, they got the whole whole team together. It's just like a couple of people who've who've actually been recently seen, like fairly recently seen, um, depending on what you read. Right, exactly. I forget what 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 what. Death's uh, head. What's that? Death's head. Oh, death's head. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's not exactly on at the top of uh, most people's reading list, unless exactly. you're Look, a fan of Marvel UK. Yeah, yeah, and luckily, like I said, I was reading and then just so happened to see these couple of people and um, plus one, the Kate Bishop, who doesn't show up here, right? Um, you know, who just happened to be around, and that's even leading to another event 
like I was going into this basically thinking that okay, this is going to be leading in into an event on its own. Um, and not just be promos to all the other events that's about to happen, including the one big one that we kind of know that is coming in April and mm-hmm. th- that ends off this uh, book. Um, and uh, the, another part of me was thinking, okay, maybe they're going to do something like Identity Crisis or, um, you know, for some strange reason I was thinking that because obviously the, the, the one dude at the beginning who seems like the question... <laughs> right. You know whom? Um, apparently, if you didn't, if you've read um, Marvel One Thousand, you you know who this person is, right? Or have been around for like eighty years. What's funny is that the book actually starts out kind of reminiscent reminiscent of Watchmen, and I know you there may or may not have started reading it. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, it's Marvel's Rorschach. You well, know? See, I was thinking, I was thinking, like, I did, I did think about that, but I was just, but more, more closely, I was thinking, like, this dude looks like the question, like, for real. Well, I mean, that's who Rorschach was based upon, right. that's the analog, so. So, yeah, so I was definitely big, got that back, That's not a big too. reach, yeah. Right. That is not a big reach, but, but uh, just getting back to the story itself, as we mentioned, um, you know, it, it starts with this uh, closed room murder mystery, but quickly expands to describing what's going to be happening in several of Marvel's key titles and uh, crossovers that they're looking to promote. We also get to see just, uh, you know, just among uh, a couple things, we get to see um, what is uh, coming up very soon in the pages of several books, such as the Immortal Hulk, such as... Um, Captain Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel, uh, such as uh, something that's happening that's cosmic because we get some Nova stuff, possibly leading into the New Guardians book. Um, uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, you know, we get uh, we get a big tease on what the outlawed crossover is going to look like, which is the basically, outlawed, which is basically seemed like part of the Civil War that they didn't right. get to. It's teenager Civil War. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, and then uh, uh, and uh, Iron Man twenty twenty that it does. Oh yes, too. yes, Iron Man twenty twenty. There is a a, a nice sized uh, bit of story devoted to uh, leading into the events of or what? <coughs> excuse me, uh, what uh, Iron Man twenty twenty is going to involve, including the robot revolution. I thought you you would have liked that little Herbie I did. Uh, section of the book. I did like that. Yes, like there was parts of the book I did enjoy. Like and and even even you know for what it was, it was a decent read. But it was just like the whole thing is the thing as a whole was like this was kind of a letdown for me. Oh, I what's funny is that I enjoyed it simply because and I thought well, let me just talk about one thing that uh, I, I had my I literally had just. Um, flip to in our preview copy and that is uh uh the current status of uh johnny blaze ghost rider and touching on something that we're we we've been kind of referring to over the last several weeks yes and months even is uh mephisto's current whereabouts in the hotel inferno in las vegas post uh the the damnation storyline yes so it's something, to, doesn't, it's something it doesn't make it any better considering this is it but if you feel you're probably about to touch on it no, I was just going to say that it definitely uh, uh, shows us that that is going to be addressed in uh, upcoming stories within the Ghost Rider book. I would hope. I mean, that's what this uh, that's what this little uh, snippet of story seems to imply. Right. So, oh, X Men versus um, X Men versus Fantastic Four. Also, they did that as well on that too. Yeah. So basically, there's a bunch of little things, that, or a bunch of little mini events or whatever they're, they're touching, starting to touch on. Sure. Um. 
Atlantis attacked off another one, but you know, we're kind of already that one's already mm-hmm. been established. But um, so th- there were, were some questions I had in the course of this, um, in, in the course of this reading of this. Like, okay, one, are we getting another new Warriors book? I doubt it. But at the same time, so so there's a part where Night Thrasher and Nova talk, um, and I was just thinking. Like Nova's just basically recapped everything that just happened in uh, Annihilation Scourge, which we talked about last week. So I wanted to go right. back through that and everything that happened with him. And I thought to myself, wait, did Night Thrasher not get that call? Because pretty much everybody else was there. And I was like, because so, Night Thrasher calls Nova to get kind of get some perspective on some stuff because he's a part of this, whatever this non Illuminati thing is going on. And I would be like, Man, that kind of sucks. That's your boy, and you didn't even call him for for your big space thing, and he's calling you for help for this other thing, you know. And y'all supposed right. to be people. Uh, like that's kind of cold. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's to... Night Thrasher, and he's not necessarily cosmically inclined. Yeah, exactly, so. exactly. I was about to say that's the easy. But they the... had Namorita. She's not either. Or Speedball. Was she, she up was there? there? Yes. Was oh, Speedball up there too? Absolutely, was there. You go back and look. Yeah, you, you can see him in, a, in, in the, the background. Yeah. That's funny. I know Firestar was there, but she's Firestar. sort of borderline, you know. Well, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, you know, yeah. There was a couple of them. Like, I get. Okay, Justice was there. So like, sure, I could see him because you know he's had dealings before in past. And Astrovic. I was exactly. about to say, actually, you know, in a different future, he's supposed to be uh, in the Guardians of the Galaxy himself. So. Exactly. So yeah, it makes sense for him. But at the same time, I was like, okay, I see a bunch of new warriors in here, but I didn't see Night Thrasher, and and then this happens. I'm like, okay, that's kind of messed up. That's funny. <laughs> I did not look as I was about to say. I don't recall seeing Namorita, and that would have been, I guess, the one that sort of sticks out uh, as a, uh, as a new warrior that may not qualify to be there. Well, again, <laughs> so, right? He either she or like half of them realistically, you know. Um, right. So I get why Night Thrasher wasn't there, but at the same time, it's like okay, these other folks are there, and the other folks are there or are still yeah, not exactly. It's like he time. wasn't on the group text or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, that was weird. But it was it was funny though. I was like, um so outside of that, like I, there was a couple of things I didn't because I know you've been reading Captain Marvel. Right. And that whole bit with her and Jessica, I was like, when did she get a bat cave? Oh yeah, no, that's been a while. Yeah. So I was like, so the stuff like that, but um was kind of actually it, what it did make me want to do is like uh, like I kind of said beforehand, like if you didn't read uh, Marvel One Thousand, which Marvel Comics One Thousand, which you did, kind of makes me want to go read that and a couple other things like the Captain Marvel thing, which I had been intended to do at some point anyway. Right. Uh, just kind of read some of that stuff to kind of get caught up on some of that. Right. One of the things that I mentioned in our conversation just prior to going uh, uh, live was that uh, one thing I definitely appreciated in this book was that the regular creative teams on several of the main Marvel Universe comics contributed to this book in large chunks. So that really made it feel like it was something special. It wasn't just a slew of, and no offense to people who do fill-in issues, but it wasn't just a slew of, you know, uh, like B-minus, C-plus level talent. You know, this is, you know, a lot of this stuff was uh, the A-team on each book putting in a few pages. And it was great to see Jim Chung doing some interior work for a change because he's been doing mostly covers for DC actually for uh, uh, for uh, the last several months. So it was nice to see some interior stuff. And I guess this book's not going to be published in what is it Brazil or that library in Brazil? 
Oh right. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, like they're gonna have some issues with that because yeah, you know, they're not gonna appreciate that this is happening again. But screw them. So yeah, basically. So or you know. that, because of that one mayor who's or mayor exactly. turned president rather, I should say. Right. And it was funny that um, you know that was a story that a little snippet the. The Young Avengers snippet that we're referring to that Jim Chung does the art on is uh, written by Tini Howard. So I think she may have a hand in that upcoming Empire storyline. Right. Which I'm glad to see her doing more stuff because like, I've been enjoying the, the, the things she's been writing lately. So that's, that's awesome. Um, I think that's, I mean, I don't know, I'm sure what else to really say about that. Like I, I pretty much my last word on it is like, it's an interesting read, I guess. If you're not caught up on what's been going on, this kind of kind of makes you kind of curious about what's been going on and, and right. doesn't necessarily get you up to speed, but it's just basically saying, hey, a bunch of stuff has been happening and it's all leading into some stuff that's going into the next year. But they've had stuff to do that already. So, you know, and they continue to have some. Like I was saying before the show, like Marvel previews is one thing. That Marvel Comics 1000 and uh, thing was kind of another thing. And also, like, free comic book stay stuff. Like, you can pretty much get some of the same stuff out of now granted i understand why they did this because free comic book they would come after a lot of the stuff starts right and you hit upon the reason why i actually like this because it seems like a great primer to start off a new year granted it's coming out you know six days before the new year technically you know like like six full days before the new year or five days before the the new year depending on when you're able to get your books this year but What's cool about it is that, um, you know, it's a it's a primer. It's a launching point. And it's, you know, what better time to do it? Not after the new year, but right before to say, hey, this is where you are. If you're looking to pick up on something that you like here, you know, make sure to hit up your uh, your local shop or to uh, head online and and uh, pull up a digital subscription. So, you know, I like the timing of it. I really do like the, you know, it's almost like a yearbook for the year, you know, for the entire line. Yeah, I still disagree with that, but yeah, I mean it's, but that's just me. Plus, uh, and my and I think my biggest sticker point on it is like it's ten bucks, and for right. this, it's ten bucks. Right, it's a little heavy. What's what's funny about it is, and I agree with that. Ten bucks is a little heavy, uh, price to pay for, uh, a steep price to pay for this. Um, I when think they, especially we when they have, have avenues to do the exact same stuff, or some of this stuff, I should I should. Yeah, I was about to say I disagree with that because I think. Uh, I think the timing of it like necessitates something like this, but I do think ten dollars is a bit much, um, especially for something that kind of proves to be introductory for a lot of things for a lot of people. Uh, right. We actually fall in the minority on this because we read so much that a lot of this uh, addresses pretty much every title that we read, um, uh, you know, uh, on a monthly basis. So it's, you know, uh, it's not necessarily going to serve as um, a launching point for our reading, but it might do for it might do such a thing for, you know, several people who maybe pick it up for, you know, it's kind of hard to pick it up for curiosity's sake at $10. That's that is another. And it's also uh, hard to pick up thinking, thinking that this is going like this is the start of an event because they kind of build it as they didn't necessarily say it as an event. So that is one thing for their favorite. But at the same time, the way they promoted it feels like an event. So if you're going to do something like this, you, you know, kind of call it what it is. But at the same time, that's just me nitpicking. It's not necessarily, you know. Sure. Sure. I mean, we can we we can definitely you know we we can definitely take different stances on how effective this is and what the point of it is. But ultimately, I enjoyed it. 
Uh, and I think you probably enjoyed it too. You just don't agree. I, with part, I enjoyed of most of it, yes. But, but yeah. like I said, knowing what it is at the end of it, it's like this. It is. It kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. Now it did slightly get me excited for the possibility of some of this stuff coming up for, or some of the stuff that we did we didn't know about coming up. I should say because that feels like that whole, especially the part with the whole um, the the, the Nadalumalani thing. I feel like. If that's not going to come up in um, Agents of Atlas, then maybe that's going to have its own book or something. Because I feel like they that would be something that you wouldn't just put out there and not do something with. Right. Uh, the whole possibility of a new Warriors title, even though nothing, nothing slated, you know. Right. Or at, at the very least, a major reunion somewhere during the during the year. Right. Like maybe one of those events, they'll they'll be front and center on it. And like, as a matter of fact, probably. Um, Empire, I would have, well, not Empire, but um, outlawed, huh? Yeah, that's outlaws because mm. if anybody would know anything about that, it would be them. So, all right, and there's some there's some interesting uh, teases here. Uh, one of which is in um, the X Men corner of the universe and Bar Sinister. Yes, that was a very interesting tease because it really only lays the foundation for an idea. There are no real reveals, mm. so. That made it pretty interesting, although it was a little troubling to see. Spoiler alert here, minor spoiler alert. It was a little troubling to see Longshot um, being uh, put into a sleeper hold <laughs> by uh, Mr. Sinister, apparently. Or a good thing if you just, A, don't like Longshot or do like people put, <laughs> getting put in sleeper holes. Who knows? You know. Um, but yeah, like there was, that was, there was something, there was a curiosity there for me on that stuff. Um, because you figure the Xbox, there's a lot that can be dealt with over in that corner. So, you know, bringing us something up in this that technically didn't have anything to do with what was going on in the other parts of this book. Right. You know, which, again, was a problem for me. I'm like, okay. But at the same time, still stokes the curiosity was good. Uh, so I think that's pretty much it on this one. Yeah, it's a really broad, you know, it's really much of it, it's really a broad kind of shotgun based approach for a lot of the Marvel Comics universe. So I hope it works for them. Right. If you if, if anyone out there is looking for something to start the year with to, as a primer, I don't think you'd go wrong here. Yeah. You know, it's definitely we I think we both differ on whether or not it's worth the cost of roughly two and a half books. You know, let's say the the standard comic is not three ninety nine. This basically costs uh, two and a half times that. Even so, at six, I feel like, and this is just me. Even at six, I like okay, that's a little bit more palpable. But at the same time, when they have other ways of them doing the same thing similarly that they have done in the past, which again I know realize the timing thing is is a is a is possibly a factor, but still, sure. They've they've had other ways to do the exact same similar thing, right? I can definitely I can definitely see your point on this. So you know, like I said, we 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 have uh, different takes on this, but at the end of the day, I think, um, you know, this is a primer, as I said earlier, for for what's going to be happening in the in the relatively near future for uh, Marvel Comics. Mm. Yes. So, all right. So, uh, President Barlett, what's next? Boy, not DC books, apparently. I was so, gonna say, boy, there was a whole. They sure was a whole lot of books. I don't know how long, how much we're going to get through tonight. Oh my! 
I did want to read. There was an IDW book out this week that I want to read, but I couldn't that, get to oh, it. Like, that, uh, was it a Kill Lock book? Or? Yeah, Kill Lock, number one. I yeah, I did it. see I that. Like, oh, I, I started reading the, the first three pages. Like, you know what? I don't, I, I'm not going to be able to give my full attention to this. So, I, I Folks, there I, was like probably what, four, maybe five Marvel books, two DC books, uh, probably two or three IDW books, and then the, it goes down from there. Like, right. So yeah, this and the DC. I was gonna say the DC books are digital first, right? Right. Yeah, I think that. Uh, yeah, I think that one was, and I think the other one was like a previous book, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I can't remember, but yeah. So I mean, so if you want your Sonic the Hedgehog from this week, hey, go right ahead. But uh, ah, yeah. ah. but anyway, so so next book, I, I'm assuming we're gonna go ahead and get to because there's no really really any need to rapid fire these because there's really not much left. Right. Doctor Strange, uh, Surgeon Supreme, number one. Although I have seen it build in a couple of places as just Doctor Strange number one, but I feel confident I'm just going to keep doing it. Just like uh, much unlike much like the uh, Jane Foster book, <laughs> although that is out you know outwardly named. Um, and the Spider Ham book was the same way. It was like they they have a bill for Spider Ham number one, but in the cover it says Peter Porker the Spectacular. Right before all of that, so we're just going to kind of let that ride, I guess. Uh, but yeah, Doctor Strange, Surgeon Supreme number one. So um, I could have sworn this was supposed to come out next week, but I guess maybe not. No, I, if I recall correctly, this was supposed to come out the week of Christmas. So, mm. but you know, I mean, for for the longest time now, as all, as far as I can remember, this was solicited as being a Christmas release. So that and you wanted uh, to be a good fella. What's that? That and you wanted to be a good fella because you said as far back as you remember. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, call me Henry. Call me Henry Hill today. <laughs> nice. But um, but, but uh, no, I was just going to say shout out to Kev Walker, right, on, on this because yeah. it's remarkable stuff. It's pretty clean. Yeah, you know his 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 work is mostly recognized in British books. You know he's a British comics artist. He's done mostly work on 2000 AD and Warhammer stuff. But his work on this was really remarkable. Yeah, it, it was good stuff for sure. And um, to 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 get the ground, this book, I guess this is kind of Mark Mark Wade's thing. So who is the writer on this? Because basically, right. who has done uh, Doctor Strange um, volume previously? So no big surprise there. But um, whoa, what happened to your? No, that's me. Don't worry. Okay, just have to uh, shut the cam off for a second, folks. No worries. <laughs> and there he goes. I'm still here. That's about to say. Like we now go to still still shot. <laughs> but anyway, um, so we find uh, our Stephen Strange uh, in the midst of mixing his work and his after work life, or his yeah, two different say, work lives together. Yeah, I was about to say it's his A job and his B job or something. You yeah, know, like, like which the... one is bitch? Which excuse me, which one is which? Who knows right. in this space? But. So yeah, uh, so he's you know surgeon by day, sur- uh, 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 sorcerer supreme by night type situation, like those angel right. movies. <laughs> right. Well, what's, cool that, what's cool is that. What's cool is that you know, as as you mentioned, and we may have mentioned this at the end of the most recent volume of Doctor Strange, where he regained the use of 
his hands after making a deal that actually did not backfire with a devil. Not yet. Or at least a demon. Right. Which has not yet backfired. That's that, that's a more accurate way of putting it. And he does call attention to that. He was like, yeah, the, the, there may be a price to, to that happening, but it hadn't come up yet and he'll deal with it later. Which that seems to be his M.O. It's like, hey, he's just going to do this thing right now. And whenever it comes up later, he'll deal with it. Like, so this is not the first time he's been that way. Uh, right. but it looks like he may, I guess, as this issue goes goes by, he may have, uh, may or may not be losing the use of his other extremities. Right. It's well, there's a. Co- I just wanted to touch on one thing before we get to the actual crux of the story. Uh-huh. He's actually based in the same hospital that Jane Foster is. Right. And that, I hope, is it's going to continue to be a story point. Right, it kind of makes I sense. Hope that's going to develop, you know. Yeah, I feel like. Wait, did she? I I feel like she may have had something to do with that, or or maybe not, or that's just a coincidence of the the you know the. I mean, look at scenes. it like this, you know, and maybe I, you know, and and maybe it's just the fact that as a native New Yorker, I know what the the analogs of these big hospitals are supposed to be. You know, sure. there are some really you know like major major hospitals based in Manhattan that uh, could be analogs for this particular. Uh, a hospital that uh, both of these characters are based out of, but I like the fact that they're based out of the same one. Right. And I hope that leads to more storytelling possibilities. But anyway. Well, in the, actually, even going on top of that, especially given what's been going on or what is we've seen going on in the most recent issue of Jane Foster Valkyrie, where she right. got a team together and Doctor Strange just happens to be also a part of, I guess. Right. Right. That. So I, I would kind of be curious to see if there's anything like you said kind of going on on that point right and i just as i as i said at the very at the bare minimum i just hope that it's uh it causes is a a a means to more good stories for these two characters so you know the fact that they're working in the same place so um but anyway getting back to what uh happens in this book uh what roddy cat was just alluding to uh is that and you know I referred to it in my notes. You know, I thought that this was a well-done first issue that turns the tables on Doctor Strange near the end of the book, and that's what Roddy Cat was referring to. Yeah, I basically said in my notes, he was like, yeah, so you just kind of hit the ground running, because first we see him, you know, well, some interlocked uh, about, you know, his surgical duties and, and that they're in, and a little bit of, of course, a little bit of dip back into his history, you know, uh, as coming into being Doctor Strange and then kind of bringing that forward to uh, the crux of the story which is hey guess what one of Thor's old villains is back and uh, well, granted he's been around but one of Thor's old villains is back and he's got a slight upgrade to his uh, his arsenal yeah it's a little <laughs> bit more than slight is. because it, ter- it it's that one thing that helps to uh, turn the tide right and then a ruckus is called and then Doctor Strange goes to investigate and um I guess I don't know if we can call it hubris in this point, but um, you know he thought he's um, he thought he could get the upper hand, and apparently he once again misjudged his opponent. All right, absolutely. So, which again, like I said, uh, kind of turns the tables on him and <laughs> dumps him. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it, it, it's a pretty remarkable sequence, you know where. Uh, a character who obviously, you know, we're referring to a character and we won't spoil who it is because it is worth reading. But what's cool about it is that this particular character has gone toe to toe with Thor due to this magical weapon. 
mm-hmm. and um, you know it, 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 to see um, to see the tables turned on Doctor Strange so convincingly and so uh, uh, with with an almost you know sen- with a with an almost great sense of finality is kind of you know is kind of impressive, right? But it also brings up the fact that clearly you know there is more going on here with said upgrade uh then once meets the eye and i'm and we can pretty much assume that once whatever happens in the in the next issue comes or the next couple of issues or whatever this first arc uh bears out uh, dr strange is going to get to the bottom of that and you know and still yet try to keep his um his other day job in, right. in check so but yeah, otherwise that it was a it was a pretty good first issue of uh, this is of this book, and um, right. I'm looking forward to seeing what's uh, what the next one brings. Absolutely. Uh, just as a quick aside, just to touch upon a point I was making earlier, the uh, hospital administrator uh, Regina Hagen, Doctor yes. Regina Hagen, is the same character that she is in Valkyrie. That you know, so there is definitely crossover possibility, right. and or crossover appeal um for these two books and i feel like uh, valkyrie and dr strange right and i feel like hagen uh, i don't because when i saw that name come up i was like wait does is that a um like is that a callback to in in someone from his past like a or someone from the movie Outside of you know the outside of what's going on in Jane Foster and that because I feel like Hagen was a was a name that has come up before and I'm probably just making that up because you know usually something is something when it's until it's not right no but she appeared in Valkyrie first so right but I was just thinking of like well, she, maybe... she's the doctor that busted her down to the morgue right <laughs> that's uh, that's where we know her from the Valkyrie book oh actually there was one other thing that we forgot to mention um, because. There is someone who is also um, going to be working at the hospital that gets uh, called up. Uh, and that is one Dr. Anthony Ludgate. Right. Who, uh, as we may know, as Dr. Druid. Yep. Who is supposed to be dead. Well, uh, that's what Stephen Strange thinks as well. So. Right. <laughs> and actually, I thought that too, because in fact, I was even thinking his son was dead. But... Um, but I know that's not the case because he's been seen fairly recently and he wasn't dead. Right. In the War of the Realms. Right. So, so yeah, Dr. Druid, whoopee. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have, I have, a, I have a very much a dislike for Dr. Druid for, for reasons of uh, his, well, one. He's done very bad things. He's done some very bad things, especially where in in relation to the Avengers. So exactly. there's a very, very classic run of the Avengers where he causes a bunch of trouble. Exactly. Um, before and that's even before he gets taken over by uh, a Guardians of the Galaxy member, a current Guardians right. of the Galaxy uh, MCU member, I should say. Right. So, which is even funnier in itself, but yeah, they they, they never went down that line. But I get it. So yeah, so they, so yeah, Doctor Drew is going to show up in this book. Um, I don't know what, how to feel about that, but I can. That's going to going to be kind of interesting when it does, because I'm sure they'll have a lot to talk about. Not really. <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. Next up, um, actually, wait. Uh, shoot, I'm so forgot. I'm supposed to be keeping notes here. 
Um, the next book we're going to get to. I guess you can go ahead if you want to talk about that other book that you read that need that I didn't read. If you Venom. Venom. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, Venom is still chugging along past uh the absolute carnage uh event that dominated the carnage and venom corner of the marvel universe and right on the heels of that event something to me something unexpected to me actually pops up at the beginning of this issue and i'm going to spoil it so i'm going to hit the spoiler bell so uh spoiler bell in three two one So apparently, due to the events of Absolute Carnage and the bravery and heroics that Venom has exi- uh, that Venom exhibited, despite the fact that he let Null, the the the, the Dark God of Symbiotes, uh, free, um, despite all that, oh, because they don't know that really, the Avengers offer him membership. I actually had a spit what? take when I heard that. That's what I was reacting to. When Roddy Cat logged into uh, Lightstream and heard me uh, exclaim in disdain, I was like, what? And that's exactly what I was reading. Who's writing this book? Kate's. It's still Kate's. Oh, figures. Okay. It's still Kate's. He loves Venom. Clearly. He loves Venom. I mean, listen, we got love for Donny Kate's on this show. A lot of the panelists do on this show. But for whatever reason... You know, Venom is his thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, don't know. Granted, we do have a, a member of, of the panel who has been reading. I know Tim's been reading Venom and has had this click on, on occasion. He has it, yeah, exactly. He has had it in the past. That's that's true. And I know that uh, Kate's a surfer. And uh, Kate's is, uh, I forget what else, uh, Thanos, I think it was, that, 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 that PCN underscore Dirt was reading as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, like as I mentioned earlier, yeah, his uh, run is his his just finished run of uh, Guardians, right? And Kate's is you know Kate's has definitely got some cachet with us, but ultimately his 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 take or his his love of Venom and where he's taking this character makes I mean no sense fun. to me, but you know. I, I've never been a big Venom fan, so right, same here, same here. So that being the case, it definitely didn't read true to me, but at the same time. You know, it's a little bit of uh, fan service, as much as I hate the term for Kate himself. Mm. Uh, put that in. But uh, what I I kind of got a kick out of was, I guess the reestat well, was just the uh, the the reminder of what Venom's new status quo is, or the, the fact that uh, uh, the Carnage symbiote is uh, it, 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 that he's holding on to it right now, and. Uh, in order to deal with this and in, in order to deal with, I guess, the coming null BS that's coming, um, the K-N-U-L-L stuff that's coming, he is uh, he has borrowed a Quinjet to go to, uh, quote-unquote, Venom Island. It's, a, it's an island that fans of, of Venom's solo adventures uh, should be familiar with, so... Are they just gonna just give Venom every Spider event title? Like, is he gonna have his br- a brand new day? I don't know. He's got but, a Spider. He's already, he's got a Spider Island right now, probably. I, and I'm just saying it because I have no idea what's going on in it. But that just sounds like what that's going for. Um, 
you know, he's going to get a brand new day. He's going to get um, into the earth. Of- I guess. <laughs> I guess. So, but, any, you know, but, but just, just to just to quickly wrap this conversation on Venom, um, you know, it, it, it's interesting to see the character still getting shine. I don't know what the statistics are for the sales on this book, but there must be more Venom fans out there than I thought. Mm, or at least more vocal folks, let's just say. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was about to say, but if they're speaking with their dollars, then they're more out there than I thought. I suppose. I feel like better books have died before this, but I... I, I well, oh, yeah, exactly. But, but but like I said, you know, sales being what they are, I don't have the numbers in front of me, so... Yeah, I feel like sales have borne out way stupider things, uh, but you're probably right. Because I feel like we, we've had, we've, we've seen sheets where, like, this book is doing better than these other books, but yet that book got, got killed. Right. So, you know, sometimes sales is, is, is a weird animal. It's just one factor, right? It's just one factor. Right. But anyway, there is that. Let's get over to the another spider, um, spider-related book of the week. And that would be Spider-Ham number one. The Peter Porker Spectacular version. So... so- no, I was going to ask. Did you read the star, the original Star comic series? Some, yes. But okay. see, even then, like I, um, like even then, like reading his origin, and I get it, it's, it's kind of you know a, a take of a parody of of what that, like just like I have in my notes here. It's like every time I have seen Peter Porker's version for uh, um, origin, like it still s- seems silly to me, <laughs> even for right. comic books. Like right. he was a ra- so basically he was a regular spider who got bitten by a radioactive Aunt May or excuse me a radioactive pig pig right and turned into a humanoid uh minus spider you know making powers which that was, that one also was a thing that was like well wait he was a spider why didn't just keep that part that doesn't make any sense but anyway he got his he got his his got his powers from a a radioactive pig and became human and now he's Spider-Ham and uh, all the obnoxiousness and jokes along with him so he was another one like he had kind of read but at the same time he was kind of a dead foolish type figure for me at the time right where he was just like like he was basically just the one big joker punch joker punch joker that really got obnoxious after a while Right. That's what's funny because I don't remember because I just didn't read it when I was growing up. Right. I just don't remember the character being nearly as unsympathetic as he is. You know, like he's just not as sympathetic as Peter Parker. He's, you know, it, it's it's a, a a different universe. It's a different version. It's a different parody of the character. I, I just like don't remember him being up. so disagreeable. Right. I feel like that's the thing that's kind of come up uh, down and back in, over the years with him. Okay. With him, I think, but I, I may be wrong about that because I know I've seen a couple of stories where it's like, uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> like yeah, I'm I'm this, and I'm supposed to be. As a matter of fact, there was something from last year that was like uh, where I, I want to say he was talking to Howard the Duck in a backup story of something, and it was kind of all woe is me for because of kind of in the similar. It was like oh, okay, well I've done the Spider Verse and Spider first thing, and now I'm just kind of all bored and whatnot. And there was a similar story where a backup story somewhere last year where he's like kind of in the same mentality. Right. But not being as obnoxious about it, and was talking to him, and more than talking to himself, and then to, would happen to have a talk with uh, Howard the Duck, 
at the time and just kind of got to a place. But in this case, he's just like, no, he's just his own obnoxious self and his own universe and, you know, whatever happens in the course of this issue. So, which luckily is is not a well. I should say sorry. I know I know, uh, dirt would be like unfortunately, but it's only a five issue miniseries. It's not an ongoing. We should point make that point right now. Um, but it's starting off the way I guess it it was meant to. So, I don't know. But yeah, I kind of agree with you. It's like yeah, he's not that not that sympathetic character and like even when with him like granted yeah his turn in you know into the spider-verse and or at least some people appreciate it for who was voicing him and you know his turn in the spider-verse initially you know and whatnot that aside yeah sure i guess he he has a place but at the same time it's like now he's kind of still that same annoying character although i do appreciate some of the side ones that came up in this book like uh, uh, Mooster, Mooster, fantastic! Like some of the names they have for some of the other characters in the, in this universe are pretty right. great, and I appreciate it. Um, I still wait. Wait, what was Captain America? I can't remember. Captain America, I think. I, I, I'm not sure. I think so, but they don't. Ne- they never say it in the, in the in the issue. So yeah, I was about to say. I think it's because he's one of the more established characters. They just right. Don't and I don't the same know, with the Thor character. I don't think they mentioned him either. No, they did not. Yeah, that was one of the other one I was one. But yeah, some of the the, the sub uh, marsupial, right? Was a pretty decent one. Like there was some pretty good names with it, uh, some of the characters that show up in the book, and some of them they didn't get to. Like like you said, I think some of those may be a little bit more established. I doubt the Vision one is, but they're a little bit more established than than some of the other ones that they call out in the book. I don't know. Part of me wishes I'm like because I know. Um, Jason Latour, who I believe wrote that uh, that story that I was talking about, um, I felt like he had some, like he maybe have had some ideas for a Spider Ham book, and for some strange reason he he didn't didn't get called to do this one or didn't want to for whatever that reason, so they gave it to to this creative team, right? Which is fine, but it's like I would have kind of wanted to see. You know what he would have done, but especially with the some of the Spider Gwen stuff that he had, uh, uh, that popped off in that issue, right? So, but none of that shows up in here. In fact, yeah, there was no Spider Gwen at all. Come to think of it, but you know, not in this, right? So, it is what it is. You know, he basically what ends up happening is like he's bored with his life just to get to the to the meat and potatoes of the issue. He's kind of bored with with the regular goings on of the of his universe and tells every all of the other superheroes in mid fights <laughs> in mid fight which is why they're all annoyed to him but you know he's basically like hey i was you know i was an integral part of spider-verse and this whole big multiversal thing and all the rest of this is bur- uh boring to me right so, this is not on my level call me when i need when i'm needed or something along exactly the and then it comes up that where what it looks to be something like that all of that level just so it happens to pop up and he literally takes it upon himself to <laughs> to go and deal with it because the other event, the other um, the other heroes of the universe don't like him, to, and they tell him so. Right, was not even trying to, to trying to have him involved or or even call him for that matter. So my favorite he, was the Black Bolt analog. Right, <laughs> that was awesome. I think it was Black Colt. Black Colt, yes, and that was hysterical. Yeah, that was pretty good. Like there was, there was definitely some pretty good. Um, there was some pretty good writing and some, you know, some some 
uh, side jokes and whatnot on this one. Although not as much as they did in the past, because obviously it was much more of a kid-friendly, more you know, joke on joke on joke situation, right? As opposed as opposed to this book, but you know, it, it is what it is. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say about that. No, that's it. That's it. That's more than enough for Spider-Ham issue number one of a five-issue limited series. Indeed. And I'm sure it will have some fans, and I I wish them well. I don't know. I may may read the second issue just to see what exactly is, you know, what ends up being the, you know, the big thing behind it. But at the same time, I I don't care that much. Sure. Um, so now I believe that brings us to, actually, I think that's it. Clicks of the week. If we don't have anything else, we absolutely don't have anything else. Clicks of the week. Uh, and we have one and probably should not be that much of a surprise to, if you've been paying attention to, uh, this show for any length of time, but PC underscore dirt has one. And that is the affirmation spider ham. Number one. Who he is a big fan of. That works. Um, we did not get one from Tim, and almost, although the pick I had ready for for Dirt would not be one. I mean, I know he is a a, a wrestling fan, but I, I think it would serve if it was Dirt's than not. So, but I'm not gonna do that to him. So, uh, for ourselves, unless he, did I'm gonna something. go. I'm gonna go with uh, as much as I liked. Uh, incoming number one, I thought that the solid work by Wade and uh, Kev Walker on Doctor Strange, Surgeon Supreme number one, wins out this week. I second that emotion, actually. Because there was really not much else to go on this week. Right, but it also was a very solid read. I think it would have yes. been a good candidate in uh, in a normal week as well. Sure. So, I really liked it. I liked that... Uh, uh, as we were uh, discussing earlier, I like the fact that, you know, a lot of the character traits and obviously Mark Wade is uh, no stranger to Dr. Strange's uh, recent events and current status quo since he's been the the, the writer and, and architect of, of the current uh, state that uh, Dr. Strange finds himself in. So, um, you know, we still have a lot, as you mentioned, a lot of the same uh issues that have popped up in um doctor strange comics such as uh uh the doctor's maybe ego getting in his own way and uh maybe underestimating some some opponents you know but at the same time he's also using his newfound uh healed hands for something good yeah until maybe quite possible it gets taken away from him again or something exactly in in a, in a way that we didn't see coming right because you figured, like, after 80 years, you would think someone would have thought, hey, give him back his hands, you know, but that would still. But even if they had done that and it ends up being permanent, which would kind of be, I don't know, that would be kind of bad because, like, OK, the reason why he became Dr. Strange in the first place was because he could not find any kind of way. There was no magical reason or, you know, more no physical or magical reason for him to, to have use of his hands back or for, you know, for him to get use of his hands back. And now all of a sudden, here we go. So clearly this is going to be something right. that's going to be useful for, I hope. Which, you know, Wade's, I, I, I feel fairly confident in Wade's ability to do that if he's going to do it. That's the right. thing he's going to do that. 
But right. We'll it may see. take a while. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, if it does, that's great. Because, I mean, it's, you know, we've had a, a steadily good run of Doctor Strange volumes uh, in the last couple of years. So hopefully that keeps up, keeps it going. Agreed. Uh, and with that, we have come to the end of that. And we're going to get to an ad read first. Our first ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Toronté, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Have you ever tried an orange wine? No. Wink Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. And now, let's get into the cinematic news. And, um, and we got a little bit of news, but so not as much as we normally would. And I know some of it's you out there week. are saying, thank God. Yeah, it's a short week. <laughs> Indeed. And no surprise, Rise of Skywalker is still, you know, kind of on people's lips, which we will do. We will go into in depth on our treasure redemption, uh, red, uh, redemption, treasure redemption <laughs> that we are going to record in a couple of days um, after this recording. Yes. So be on the lookout for when that drops into your podcast feeds. Yes. Probably by the time you get this in audio form, uh, we will probably have been recording that, I would imagine. Right. Or in the midst of recording it, we will see. Or, yeah, or this might come. I know. Sometimes like, I noticed last week's show came out uh, earlier than I thought it would have. So, anyway, uh, first up Rise of Skywalker Dominates Weekend Box Office opens below Last Jedi. So, yeah, per, pride, uh, per variety, The Rise of Skywalker, which I keep putting a the in there sometimes, I don't know why, earned a whopping $176 million at the domestic box office this weekend with certificate sales from foreign markets bringing the film's worldwide gross to $374 million as of uh, the 22nd, which was Sunday. Interesting. Um, and my mom's birthday. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it says uh, Rise of Skywalker marks the lowest domestic opening for the most recent Star Wars trilogy, coming up behind 2015's Force Awakens at 248 million and 2017's Last Jedi at 20, 220 million. I mean, even so, that's pretty big, and, and I believe it did win the weekend. So right, because no one went to go see Cats, even ironically. Although, actually, there are some people that are starting to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's why I mentioned it. <laughs> I mentioned it. Exactly that way because I read that. I admit seeing some of the stuff lately, I am kind of curious myself, but that would be one of the things if I had like uh you know that Regal Unlimited thing or whatever, sure. I would do it then. 
Yeah, no. imagine if you had movie pass still in effect. Exactly. Right? Like if I still had something like that still in effect, I would I would definitely go see it because I would be losing very little. That's funny. Um, which I you know I'm still actually thinking about getting that uh, regal regal thing. Right, uh, but it's like eighteen dollars a month, and still, like I said, not necessarily that worth it at the at the right. moment. It would have been worth it around this because I would have gone to see Rise of Skywalker a couple of different times, but sure, saying I still couldn't. But regardless, hey, it made a lot of money. No surprise right. there. Just tangential, yeah, tangentially related to this, and a little bit of a preview of our uh, Rise of Skywalker Treasury Edition. I would just like to add that just before Christmas, as a minor treat to myself. I decided to pick up Blu-ray and digital copies of both The Last Jedi and Solo, movies that I had been hesitant to add to my uh, Star Wars movie collection. But I decided kind of as a protest to some of the stuff that's been going on, um, uh, you know, with regards to Rise of Skywalker and, 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 and the talk that's been going on. I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to toss a couple of shekels. Brian Johnson's way if he still if he gets points on the Blu-ray sales, you know, and and mind you that is above the fact that course, which I was about to ask, but since you just said what you said, that makes a whole lot of sense. So good on you. Um, you know the fact that these movies are on on uh, Disney Plus, which I know you do well, not right? yet. Wait, they aren't? No, not yet. They're not. They're on Netflix because they're they Netflix. Yeah, that's agreement. true. Right, that's exactly. Up. Their agreements with the, uh, the the streaming agreements with Netflix are not yet uh, expired. They will be expiring relatively soon, probably within the next, let's say, three to four months. Oh, I thought they were. Okay. Or at the very least, I thought at least uh, Force Awakens was, but I guess, okay. Oh, Force Awakens is. I'm talking about Last Jedi. Uh, Last oh, Jedi and Solo are both still on Netflix. Sure. Okay. So, I mean, that was always the, 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 uh, the excuse I used for not adding them to my collection. But I was like, you know what? Uh, at the Christmas prices, I'm good to go. Yeah, so. yeah. Actually, I didn't, I didn't um, look at that what Amazon have for that stuff. But anyway, yeah, because I already got those movies anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, right. So actually, but, and there's uh, a speaking speaking of that uh, as another side note before we move on, because there is another article which I didn't put in the thing. Uh, maybe I'll put it in the the clickbait section if I can find it again. Uh, it's basically a, a think piece about the fact that uh, hey, Star Wars needs could stand to use um Ryan, Ryan Johnson because of what he brings to the table and not rehashing you know things of the past to to uh to suit a certain limited crowd sure um i will i will try to find that article and put it in the clickback section uh, sounds good but anyway, All right. move right along. Yeah, I was going to say, next up, uh, Carrie Fisher's brother reveals her emotional after-death letter. So just days after the release of uh, Rise of Skywalker, Carrie Fisher's brother revealed an emotional note that the actress jokingly wrote after her own death when she was still alive. About her own death uh, when she was still alive, that is. That made no sense when I first read that. Um, so what does she say? I should open up the article. Because it's not in our little summary. Oh, did I not? Oh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. No, it's okay. All right, what did she say? I am dead. How are you? Oh, okay. I'm not going to read the whole note, but basically. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's essentially, it's, uh, it's a nice little, uh, uh, comic, uh, note from, uh, Carrie Fisher. 
and it's about um you know and it's about the end of her journey uh on this earth with us some would say in a particularly carrie fisher style yeah. oh definitely you know, if you've ever been privy to her in interviews or or whatnot, um, or around Star Wars junks or, or whatnot, you, you get a taste of some of that. So, this is not outside of the ordinary for her. Sounds like, or seems like, definitely. So, but yeah, it's a particularly interesting read. If you uh, you check out those show notes for that, and uh, while we're at it, I will say that here I just pulled up the. I'm not going to talk about it, but I'll say it'll still be in a clickbait session. The rise of Star Star the rise of Skywalker makes it clear Star Wars needs Rian Johnson. And granted, this is a, a CBR thing piece, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can read that as your leisure. But we're going to move on to The Witcher. Uh, Mark Hamill is game to play Vesemir. He doesn't know who Vesemir is, but he knows he wants to play it. Which is really, which is basically funny. Um, when I saw this, I'm like, you know what? I can kind of see it. I was kind of surprised they didn't have anybody to play the character yet. So basically, Vesemir is a let's say an elder Witcher. He's kind of like um, Geralt's mentor, kind of. I guess from what little I know of the, of the Witcher games. Like okay. I know bits and pieces of stuff, but and I know you know that I know the the character shows up, or at least is it plays a part. So anyway, Mark Hamill responds to IGN's posting of this story on social media, providing a status update for fans, hoping he'll one day play Vesemir. Uh, I still have no idea what this is or what it's about, but I do know they haven't uh, they haven't ever asked me to play Vesemir yet. Hashtag calls my agent, and. Um, and I guess he's responding to IGN's piece about uh, having Mark Hamill, you know, who just finished his turn as, as old Luke in in Skywalker, uh, Skywalker franchise, and it's a Star Wars franchise uh, for The Witcher. And he says, okay. well, he says here that uh, according to the IGN thing, Mark Hamill jokingly said he wants to play Vesemir and experience Witcher who acted as a father figure to grow out, like I kind of just said in Witcher 2. Right. But, and, you know, like I said, and tweets he basically said, I don't know who that is, but nobody's called him yet. So, mm. and actually, I can kind of not that it's been put out there, I can kind of see it, but at the same time, I'm like, eh. So, are you are you a, a, a player of the game? Or I have, you have I have watched people play a couple of the games, and I haven't um, played them personally. Like, I think I started I started playing the first one, but at the time, it was before the, the first game was kind of rough. And even okay. with the, the enhancement they later put into it, it's still kind of rough in controls or whatnot. But as the series progresses, it's gotten better. So I've not played them. I do have all of those games, but I haven't played them, basically. Interesting. Okay. And I mean, so, the and, I know why... bits, and I know good bits of the story about some things that happened in it. But The Witcher right. show is based off the books, which the game is based off of. Mm-hmm. So therein, there's, there's some stuff that the game don't, probably won't. That you know won't touch on that the books do that will kind of sort of come out in the 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 sounds like in this uh, show. I was just going to ask, have you seen the Netflix show? I have. I watched the. I haven't watched the whole thing. I watched like the first couple. I was like, Cavill's all right so far. Like I was about to say, I've heard and read good things. I'm not familiar with the property, so I haven't found time to sit down and watch it yet, though. Yeah, knowing what I know of an episode or two. 
Yes. Um, oh. as a matter of fact, I, yeah, I plan on finishing the rest of it because I can't remember how many episodes it is. But he kind of got the character now. He's he's reportedly a big fan of the the uh, the books and the the games. Okay. And I think even recently come out and say he'd rather be home playing PC games than you know console games and times like which the Witcher is mostly console. I mean PC games at this point. I mean the the third one is on consoles now but that's neither here nor there or whatever but regardless he's he's a big fan of the the property so which is why he wanted to do it in the first place um and he's from what i can tell so far he's kind of got the character pretty well all right you know the character's kind of stoic you know so it's really not that much to him i got you he's not exactly he doesn't have that big of a range emotionally i understand so you know there's really not much to, to to that part but so far yeah he's been doing all right so I'm like, all right, cool. Anyway, uh, so whether Mark Harmon's actually going to get to play Vesemir or they find somebody else to do it, then, you know, so be it. Uh, moving right along. All right, next up, Wonder Woman 1984 film has been completely done. It's uh, basically done all its shots, all its reshoots, all its everything. That's Six scary. months ahead of scheduled release, uh, of its scheduled release. Kind of scary. Like yeah. Randy, yeah, they can still go back and be like, well, if we need some last minutes and stuff like that, they, they need to do then so be it. But the fact that it's like completely done, I guess that's a good that's an efficiency of the you know of Patty Jinks and, and crew. Right. I mean, but she says yeah. in the article to Collider, in the interview with Collider, that um while it doesn't come out in a few months, she's able to say, Hey guys, can you let me fiddle with this? Can you let me fiddle with that? So she's fiddling with the movie, but it is technically done. Right. But the fact that it's done ahead of schedule, which is, I don't want to say unprecedented, because you hear about, you know, even with, you know, usually you hear about movies being done closer to the movie, and then they say sometimes they'll have to do reshows and that, that kind of stuff. But the fact that it's completely right. done this early, you know, or before release, is kind of crazy. Sure. So I wonder if uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit of a shot at Marvel, but I wonder if they're able to finish because they don't have to worry about uh, the interconnectivity with other movies. <laughs> you know what? That's that's yeah. You kind of wonder. You kind of wonder. But hey, June fifth. You know, I doubt there's no plans. As far as we know, there's no plans for them to release it earlier. But just the fact that it is, right, is a thing. So. And I think, yeah, because it was like the release date was pushed back in June 18th as filming began because it was supposed to come out or, or, um, uh, last month, actually. So, yeah. Go figure. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's, I feel like it's one of those Scotty moments. If, you, if you're... Um, if you're into uh, Star Trek lore, where basically Scott is like, hey, always ask for more time than you need. And that way, you, when you get finished sooner, they'll call you a miracle worker. So I don't know if that's the case or not, but if it is, that'd be great. I don't know. Either way, next up, uh, Flash remains the Arrowverse's highest rated show. Batwoman takes slot two. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, Flash is usually the one that's, you know, yeah, usually front run on people's minds. Surprising that it still is after all this time. That's pretty good. Uh, but it says here, the native, the network's ratings for the first half of 2019-2020 season have been revealed with slight declines across the board in the total viewership compared to the last year. You know, people, I guess, time to start to get a little tired of things, I guess. 
Um, however, The Flash remains the most watched uh, series on CW, averaging 2.5 million viewers for its initial broadcast and the first week of DVR streams. Man, this is a world where actually DVR streams are starting to actually get used for uh, Nielsen ratings or whatever. Uh, with an impressive rating of uh, 0.94 for viewers in key demographic groups, the Arrowverse series has held the top spot across its entire six-year run. So, cool. I have still yet to watch Reverend, um, not Reverend, that too, but Batwoman. Mm, I haven't either. Yeah. Because I think I want to I wanna try to get like caught up with all of the series and then go into the um, into crisis. Yeah, into the crossover where she comes in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and apparently coming up behind Riverdale with it uh, is Supergirl and Supernatural was surprisingly still on the air after twenty five thousand years. But whether it goes on and on, we don't have to go any further than that. Next, all right. Next up, writer and Fat Man Beyond co host Mark Bernardin <laughs> has pitched a John Constantine Lucifer team up series following their meeting in crisis on infinite earth so essentially the tweet reads dear warner brothers television i would like to do a mini series starring tom ellis and matt ryan following lucifer and john constantine as they drive from la to new york city leaving broken hearts and scorched earth in their wake call it highway to hell give me money Right, and apparently uh, uh, one of the uh, the, the co creators on uh, one of the respective shows um, basically did the Twitter equivalent of a thumbs up and quoted, uh, um, or is it Matt Ryan, one of the stars? Right, basically, uh, Matt Ryan. Tweeted, right, right. Oh no, Lucifer co-showrunner uh, Joe Henderson responded with his support in the form of a GIF. Uh, saying Lucifer likes, and Matt Ryan also responded with a gif of his own in right. the positive. Because, of course, he was going to say that, which, you know, hey, get a man to do. He, he was actually a pretty good re- uh, Lucifer, I mean, uh, Constantine, so I'm with it. And plus, I think since the the um, the recent crossover and the uh, the confirmation that Lucifer is in the Arrowverse anyway, um, which apparently has been already but we did not know that until this or whatever the case may be so it makes sense right just two just two things on this i think it's funny uh for people of a certain vintage will remember a michael landon television show called highway to heaven from back in the day and i hope they don't and the second thing i would mention is i hope they don't blow their entire budget on trying to license highway to hell from acdc for this show i'm on a high (laughs) <laughs> I yeah well even if the show was gonna happen I kind of doubt that you know it's like CW budget can't be that good exactly <laughs> plus you wouldn't need it to be you got them too I'm like granted I've not seen Lucifer so I don't know how how that show is but you know I know how the Constantine part of that is and um, I don't know maybe they could pick up on some old Constantine threads that that um that um. Was Lu- which reminds me of another article that I forgot to put in, but it was kind of a speculation piece in a way. So anyway, by the time I find that, we'll see. But next up, um, last in the cinematic uh, news, Halo production, uh, excuse me, Halo production on Showtime series has officially begun. So yeah, that Halo series is um, 
is um it's happening it's gonna happen yeah weird uh no luke cage as far as we know in the in the casting because um because um uh mike culture played a um a, a um halo character in a mini series oh okay yeah before well before um luke cage so but yeah, apparently, according to Halo Waypoint, which is the um, the the developers uh, the developers site of the Halo video games, yeah, that's it's on the way. So they're they're doing a thing. Um. So yay, I guess I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, and that is it for the cinematic news. I would like to call people's attention to the clickbait section, uh, real briefly. Uh, for this one story in particular, in a, and also in addition to other stuff in the clickbait station, because hey, you know what? Hey, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, if you love Star Wars, never let anyone tell you that you shouldn't. It is a thing piece from CBR. Um, and yeah, it's lately, or at least within the last, say, 10, four or five years, I guess, or however long Twitter's been long, it's been increasingly more popular to not like. Star Wars and other things um, for, you know, for whatever stupid reasons. But I'm like, don't, but basically what this uh, article is saying is like, hey, if you like Star Wars, don't be ashamed about it. You know, in whatever way you love it, however long you love it, don't let people tell you that you're wrong for what you're thinking, for, for not liking something. Mm-hmm. You know, and that and and also I guess that comes in with the contra well not controversial which all the the hubbub around, you know whether people like the rise of Skywalker or not because you know there's a lot of that going on which not surprising given the last couple of movies but right. and tune in for our takes on the next edition of Treasury Edition <laughs> indeed so we move along from that onto the comic book news we transition. <laughs> Um, I totally forgot what, what, um, what I was looking for just now, but anyway, Valiant signs deal for video games based off their characters. So yeah, apparently Valiant Entertainment is teaming up with Blowfish Studios to develop a slate of all new action-packed video games featuring the popular characters from Valiant Superhero Universe. This will be the first, uh, mark the first multi-platform Valiant video game since Acclaim's acquisition of the company back in the 90s so yes so, so folks of a certain vintage will know especially if you're into video games that there were a bunch of um licensed video games of all sorts and acclaim was one of the purveyors for better or worse for some of that stuff and i believe there were some uh there was like an exo man of war game and maybe a bloodshot and there may be a few others they weren't that that great but still they were there I never even saw them, but I definitely remember Acclaim acquiring Valiant. So. Yes. So that was the thing that actually happened. Um, and uh, Valiant has changed hands since then. A number of times, I believe. Yes, that is also true. true. Um, so now they're trying to get into the game, not unlike Marvel and uh, DC, which granted DC is... <laughs> you know, owned by Warner Brothers, who has a significant video game... Um, um, side to it thanks to acquisitions sure <laughs> so yeah so look out for that uh, I guess in the coming couple of years speaking of Marvel video games though mm-hmm. uh, new Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 
DLC, downloadable content, is now available. The Rise of the Phoenix, a downloadable content for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, the Black Order, is out now. As with all of the game's DLC thus far, there's a smattering of free updates in addition to the paid stuff. Um, And... uh, you know, it's really the new characters that most folks are going to be interested in. Uh, Rise of the Phoenix brings the X-Men fighters, Cable, Iceman, Gambit, and Phoenix to the video game as unlockables. And there's also a whole bunch of other stuff that people who play this game will be interested in. Yeah, um, I, I have not gone back to this game since that first DLC, the free DLC with uh, Cyclops and... Um... Cyclops and Colossus got put in for free, but this is the second paid DLC. Um, so, yeah, um, some good stuff. I need to go back to the game. It was actually pretty, pretty decent. Um, you know, a little, little challenging, but given who was behind it, it that slightly makes some sort of sense. Sure. Um, because Team Ninja likes them a challenging game and marvel ultimate alliance you know hey it's good regardless uh moving right along speaking of video games marvel's avengers explains differences between single play and co-op missions square enix has been out there working you know head down working on some stuff um and hopefully that game continues to be good when it shows up uh but yeah they took some time to um you know, describe the differences between the single play and the co-op missions, which sound like on their own, you know, didn't need that much of a explanation. But nevertheless, there is. So let's see. He said the hero missions will comprise uh, will comprise the action title single player campaign, while the war zone missions can be played with anywhere from one to four players. All of the game's content will be accessible from the Chimera Helicarrier base, where players will also be able to customize their own Avengers team with costumes and abilities. So, cool. All right. Uh, and there's a Yu-Gi-Oh! game coming to all platforms, so yay, I guess. I like you giving them stop. Next! Next up, Marvel's Thor Hammer Mjolnir Toolkit is now available for electronics. So I guess there's going to be a computer toolkit. So if you recall, there was a similar hammer um, that was a, a similar toolkit in the shape of Mjolnir, but it had like actual tools like screwdrivers and hammers and stuff like that. So this right. one is more geared to more electronics focused stuff. Like, so, you know, smaller screws. Uh, Got it things that you would need for electronic components to, to work on. Right. So, yeah. So I guess <laughs> a, a, a different tool for a different job, I guess. Exactly. So, yeah, you can see little, little tool bits and whatever this is. Well, and uh, Allen wrenches. And imagine, I can only just imagine uh, having that at a certain job. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, having used to work a job, used to work a job that has to use Allen wrenches to to fix stuff. Yeah, I'm playing. Yeah, I can see whipping this out. I believe it. Sorry, it's okay. Uh, next up, Disney World's two hundred dollar lightsaber can be can change colors with this hack. Wait, so you have to hack it to make it change colors? So, well, to say hey, yes, but it's not that hard of a hack. Um, so basically, 
the 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 TLDR of this is that the the color of the lightsaber has to do with this RFID chip, right? And you can reprogram the RFID chip uh, if you have a hand scanner and some 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 instructions. So it's not that terrible, not that terrible of a, a hack job, but you can do it. Yes. So and I guess because they probably just put you know they probably just put whatever part of the handle or whatever that has the RFID thing on it and that just does the color in itself. So. Yeah, there you go. So if you're feeling particularly sithy, exactly. you can hack it and make it red. Or if you want to stand out in a crowd like Sam Jackson, mm-hmm. you can, or you can have the much fabled. Well, I would assume you can have a much fabled gold one, but which yeah, is gold yellow. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that <laughs> in our treasury edition. <laughs> you gotta love the promo, the inner promos during this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, I don't know if they. Well, and I will say this: I don't know if they they use this particular history, but there is a the history that. Well, there is it, that that one came from somewhere. I would right. say at least I know of a place that came from. Not necessarily whether they used it for that or not. But anyway, yeah, we will talk about that when it comes to it. I still want to go to this place. Oh, um, of course. But I haven't been. I think it's that it's that land, not world, correct? Because I think it's supposed to be coming to world. No, it's already at world. Is it already world? Okay, because I know it was at one, but it was open at, at the other land. Right. You're absolutely correct. That it started at land and then uh, eventually opened at world. But I I am under the distinct impression that it is at both now and okay. has been at world for a while. Okay, cool. Well, then that's although Google will help us on this while I read our next story. Yeah, no, right. Uh, one of the biggest additions to the Star Wars universe in years has been, spoiler alert, for anyone who has not watched The Mandalorian, or if you have been under a rock and not have any access to social media. So one of the biggest additions to the Star Wars universe in years has been The Child, a.k.a. LBY, The Baby Yoda. A.k.a. Yodito. In the Disney Plus Star Wars series, The Mandalorian. So it's been kept secret until the series premiere. So the Force-sensitive infant immediately won over the hearts of audiences upon first sight. But uh, uh, but uh, because of the secrecy involved, official Baby Yoda toys won't hit store shelves until months after Christmas. And uh, showrunner John Favreau revealed the idea came from his Lion King colleague, Donald Glover. So blame him. Oh, Although obviously not. logically, you know, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, so basically, the, the, it's like, hey, people. I guess he was. They were talking. And it was like, hey, people like surprises. Be, uh, Beyonce put out his her uh, whole slew of albums on surprise and so big. So and you know, and there are not many. Uh, there are not many attempts, much less, uh, you know, actual surprises that happen nowadays, especially in media. Right. So it makes sense that hey, hold back something so that people get to be surprised and it'll be go over big, which it did. It totally did. Um. So he he was actually right on that one. And Donna Glover has also put out uh, as this article says, put out you know music itself that is you know that has done well coming out as a surprise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it totally makes some sense that 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 that, uh, that was the case. So, because I read that, I read that, um, I read the title. I was like, okay, what are they blaming them for now? And then reading the actual article, I was like, yeah, okay, sure, that makes that's makes some sense. Um, and actually, uh, well, I'll, I'll come back to that, but we'll move on from there. Um, to 
Stupid auto-playing things. I hate you. Marvel just gave Marvel, uh, excuse me, uh, Spider-Man 2099 his happy ending, sort of. Did you actually go back and read this? Wasn't this at the end of Amazing? Uh, yes. I did read it. Okay. So you know, and everybody else knows, because we, we, I think, I can't remember if you read it at the time we talked about it last week, because I know there was a whole hubbub about the whole Still a lot I haven't read from last week, so. Right. Yeah, I was, yeah, same here. There's still some stuff I'm still catching up on, but I had read that one at the time. Anyway, regardless, um, as I said last week, they basically, um, Captain America at the end of uh, Endgame, uh, Miguel O'Hara, uh, and that's what they, they basically talk about here. But it was also in service of what ends up with something else that happened in 2099 Omega. So, um, which, yeah, whatever. But it happened. Moving right along. All right, next up. Uh, Fantastic Four uh, Grand Design revealed that possibly spoiler, but definitely not because Tom Scioli was off during his own thing. No, I uh, think he was off doing his own thing. <laughs> yeah, he's what definitely thing says. Right, he's definitely off doing his own thing because uh, in uh, Fantastic Four Grand Design, he revealed that Reed is probably not Franklin's father, uh, Reed Richards, that is. So, you know, and dropped several hints that it is probably uh, the Submariner who is his father. So, you know, good job, Tom Scioli. Or I'm being sarcastic. Yes, yeah. <laughs> If you and couldn't tell, I'm being sarcastic. Well, no, even if you weren't, I I was gonna take it as that either way. But regardless, yeah, that whole that grand design book was they shouldn't. I'm gonna say it again. They shouldn't have gave it to him because oh yep. my god, there was a whole lot. Now, granted, there were some things that were different about it that was like shouldn't be upsetting. But at the same time, there was like why? Who, mm-hmm. who even let you make that decision? Like, why did they let you get it? Why did they even give you this book in the first place? But that's a whole new here, though. They, I think, are we talked about the first one, we didn't talk about the second one, I don't think. And I don't know if that was, yeah, I never got to it, so yeah, I think I did. I'm not sure if I did either. It's just as well because that first one we didn't care that much about it. Anyway, next up, um, the anti ghost rider Marvel just introduced a terrifying spirit of limbo. So I think we were talking before the show about the 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 Ghost Rider, the current Ghost Rider series, um, and issue four came out last week, which neither one of us uh, actually got to. Uh, but regardless, yeah, so apparently there's a spirit of limbo, um, uh, you know, that is that is coming up, or that is in, that's in in place. Okay, so again, I have to read the book. I didn't didn't exactly read this article. I'll be honest with you, but you know, because I would do want to actually catch up to that book. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the thing that that happened. Right, you actually skipped the story here. Um, yeah, you, uh, you have the prepare for the final Doctor Strange story. Oh, I must have deleted that one by mistake. Not deleted it, but I must have um, hit X on it for some stupid reason. No biggie. I'll so, just cover this very yeah, quickly. Do it. Uh, prepare to witness the unforeseeable end as the Sorcerer Supreme makes his final journey through a cyberpunk sprawl that forgot about magic in Doctor Strange, the end number one. The critically acclaimed creative team is reteaming. Of uh, the, the team is Leah Williams and Philippe Andrade. And uh, it's uh, going to be coming out 
in uh, February 2020 appears uh, in a month from now. Right, because I know there's a couple of those the end books that are coming, including Miles's um, World. I do like this cover by uh, Raza. It's almost kind of a hip hop like cover. It looks like the sure. dude from those uh, Dozaki commercials. <laughs> oh, the original Dozaki, oh, Dozaki's guy. I got yeah, you. the the old dude. Oh, the yeah, old yeah, dude. yeah, exactly. Yeah. The most interesting man in the world. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, this kind of looks like it. So I like I I do like this cover. Um, All right. Anyway. So let's see, where are we now? Let's get that one. Birds of Prey. Yeah. Uh, DC's Birds of Prey number one pushed back five additional weeks, uh, aka until after the movie. So it was originally slated to, or at least it, it was slated to be released on January 29th. Uh, there was a Birds of Prey one shot we we're talking about, but it's now going to go on sale on March 4th, uh, one month after the Birds of Prey movie on February 7th. That's odd. Mm, yes and no. I feel like that's probably a better time, like a whole month, maybe not, but I can see it is odd because like, yeah, the January 29th is like right before the movie comes out. That would have been a perfect time for the, for the one shot to come out because people would have been like, Hey, since the, or the going into the movie, be like coming out of the movie. Hopefully you would hope be like, Hey, they've seen the movie. So maybe they'll be interested in, in birds of prey. That doesn't stop that, but at the same time, you know, having not having a new book like right there mm-hmm. is, is a is an odd choice. Right, you would think it would be out at least the first Wednesday after the movie, right, or the Wednesday right before the movie releases. So, right. so yeah, uh, so I agree with you. That is that is a very strange decision. Like maybe they're changing something in the, in the one shot that'll more in line with the movie or something. Uh, I doubt that. I don't know. There's it doesn't necessarily say uh here as to why. And again, that is a that is a message that we've gotten more often than not lately. <laughs> I see because the 29th would have been the week yeah, the week before. Um so that would have been a perfect time. Or at least that or that week of, you know, would have been great. Sure. So, makes sense. Weird in the sense somebody knows something somewhere who knows, but it's Brian Azzarello and uh, Amelia Lupacino's book, so it's guaranteed to be guaranteed to be something good about it with that creative team. Absolutely. Um, next up, next up, Bernice versus the Supernatural in Harrow County spinoff called Death's Choir. So on December eighteenth, uh, the horrors of Harrow County came back. With Colin Bunn and Tyler Crook bringing uh, and bring and they brought on upcoming artist Naomi Franquise for the latest addition to their world's history with tales from Harrow County Death's Choir. So uh, go check out the uh, the books that came out last week. <laughs> yeah, and for sure, um, Colin Bunn. You know, some some would say he has a niche with it with um, horror focused books or tinge. I mean, he has you know. He has gone away with some of that stuff, but at the same time, you know, that seemed to be, right. at least when I first heard about him, that was his thing. So, matter of fact, didn't he do a run of uh, Moon Knight? I think so. Yeah. Anyway, uh, last but not least, uh, a black and white limited edition of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one will be available in January 2020. So that first issue has already come out uh, and I still haven't yet to read it, but um, 
next month, Boom will be releasing a limited edition black and white uh, version of the comic. Uh, this is the person who wrote this article seen the cover, and it, look, it looks pretty cool. If you're watching the video, and sometimes you should, you can see said cover um, on the screen. It's just, yeah, it's not a bad look. I need to go back and read that, actually. Uh, like I said, it will be available at select comic book shops at on excuse me, January 29th of next year. And that, folks, is the end of the um, uh, the comic book news. And we're rounding out the end of the show. But before we do that and before the ad, um, I found the article, which I'll put in the show notes, uh, about the Contents Team TV series may be revived on HBO Max with Matt Ryan, which was a story from a few days ago. It's now granted it's a rumor, so it's not nothing's set in stone about it. That's one reason why I didn't necessarily put it in the, the, the thing. Um but there may be some strong sources uh you know surrounding this. So it could very well happen. Which I feel like that's probably a closer place for that that um, that NBC show to have landed as opposed to NBC. Like it was doing all right, but the, obviously it being on network TV, there were some things it couldn't do. So, but that was a good that was a good show. Hopefully, they'll take up from where they left off. Um, if if this actually does come to pass, and the other thing was the Galaxy Edge is open in both land and world apparently as of uh, August 29th. There you go. So that's when the uh, world opened. So. Hit your respective coasts. Um, hopefully one of these days I will try to. Now let us get to the last ad read. Our last ad read of the night is for Blue Apron. Uh, Blue Apron's meal delivery service uh, brings fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron, always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. All right. Roddy Cat is speaking and I cannot hear. He may be on mute. Oops, sorry. I did mute myself for for you doing the ads. My fault. So anyway, as we in, uh, get to the last few minutes of the show of the last comic book chronicles official chronicle for crook comic book chronicles show <laughs> of the year good god um hopefully going into next year we'll we'll first we'll work on that maybe some shock treatment or something i don't know but regardless um we do have a um a treasure edition that we will be recording in a couple of days we will definitely be back uh, next year with not only new episodes of Comic Chronicles and the the year of the year, the end of the year Comic Book Chronicles special that we know you all love and adore. Uh, but before we go, I just want to do a little quick show and tell. And that I got this nice little um, 
Black Series Jenna Star Wars figure uh, over the past week. So there you go. This is actually the first one that I have actually ever bought. Um, nice. Uh, especially Black Series. And, um, and she's black. Uh, but um, <laughs> It's so, funny. Yeah. We, we had, uh, uh, just as a, as a quick note, hold on to your thought. I actually was on various toy websites and um, our one of our show sponsors, Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, looking for specific uh, Star Wars Black Series figures that I was thinking about getting, That's you know, not, not just the original trilogy heroes, but some of the, the some of the animated series characters who I think need some more love. So speaking I definitely. Of, I'm sorry. Speaking of, did you get that um, that that three pack, the X-Men animated series uh, three pack? Animated series. Yeah, you remember they had the the um, Jean Grey and the X uh, uh, Scott and Wolverine? and Wolverine. Oh, I mean that was just, yeah. It's just like a regular Marvel Legends pack, right. but yeah, no, I have not. Oh, okay, so I have, but I was definitely thinking about picking up a Sabine, an Ahsoka. Uh, I'm not sure which Ahsoka. What happened? Did you have a Sabine? No, but I'd like to pick one up. I was looking oh. for the black, uh, you know, the the Star Wars black uh, version. Right. No, because I did not want to get like a flimsy little, you know, figure. I've got a couple on my shelf back there, but I thought if I'm going to get these figures, I might as well do the most, give them the most uh, iconic look, I guess, that they can get in action figure form. So, right, which would be the Black Series ones, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, the, the, definitely the Soka one is one I'm looking out for, but I didn't know whether they were they because I didn't know if they did any Black Series for the Rebels characters or not. I don't, they do have. They do have. I think they uh, have everybody but Hera. I think because there was a big hubbub about that. Really? I thought so. Yeah, because I felt well. I don't know if it's Black Series, but our series. But I remember we talking about it one time, like probably earlier this year. They they made figures for at least four of them. Uh huh. And Hera was not one of them. I don't know if Sabine was the other one. Well, because you know. Well, this is something for us to look up uh, offline. Indeed, but, uh, and with that note, folks. Um, Thank you for coming out uh, like you do each and every week for this here comic book chronicles. Um, again, like I said, the uh, um, treasure edition coming up on Rise of Skywalker. Um, um, there is a Black Series Hera. Oh, nice! So that must be that must be so that must be another set of figures then, because they did there was not a Hera before. Um, before. So that's good news because I know because people were really kind of upset about that. But regardless, um, we will be back next week uh, in the new year. So um, for a new comic book chronicles, same time Thursday nine thirty p.m. Uh, on the Click Nations comic book on the, excuse me on the, the Click Nations uh, YouTube channel for myself. Radicat, you can find me at Radicat on uh, Twitter. You can also find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can also find me at CBCaps on Instagram. PCN underscore dirt. I'm sorry, PCN underscore. Lord have mercy, what am I doing? Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. I'm losing it. It's all folding. It's all going away. But PCN underscore dirt is on Twitter. a really quick show, right? Yeah, I know, right? Just all thrown off. Uh, PC underscore dirt on Twitter, Pop Culture Net on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, and all those umbrella sites they're in. Uh, Tim, D O G D 98 on Twitter, CB Cron on Twitter, uh, The Click Nation, that's D K L I Q N A T I O N on Twitter, and theclicknation.com. Also, comic book resources where he's over there writing his face off. 
And with that, folks, have a great New Year's and have a great um, rest of the holidays, however you choose, Kwanzaa, Boxing Day, all that kind of good mess. Merry uh, New Year! Exactly. Oh, man, I got to get that for next week. Um, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is the Comic Book Chronicles. Thank you for correcting my English, which stinks. <laughs> Uh, oh, anyway, they can't hear me, but that's that's fine. Whatever. Anyway, let's end the show. Bye. Peace. One. I love it when a plan comes together. Good evening, Britain. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your ear?